We're on. So uh, welcome to Army Anonymous, a talk with Army segment in which we address your concerns and inquiries. I'm your co-host, Daisy. And I'm your co-host, Delilah. And um, uh, we're really excited to give you guys this new segment. Um, uh, we've been planning it for a little bit, and you guys have just given us such an overwhelming amount of response. And uh, I just wanted to say, first of all, thank you, because wow, 41 submissions through the form, like that is insane. So um, uh, yeah, we're gonna have a really fun time going through everybody's questions and um, uh, hopefully providing some you know, clarity for some people or some advice if that's what you're asking for. So yeah, uh, let's just get into it. So we're gonna start with sort of like the general miscellaneous questions. We're not really doing this in the order that like they came in because we wanted to sort of organize it. So mm-hmm. we're not like jumping all over the place from like topic to topic, so yeah. Yeah, if so, you're wondering why your question is like, coming first, even though like you were one of the earlier submissions, that's probably why. I sorted it into different categories. So then that way, uh, that way we don't accidentally maybe answer similar questions in different parts of the podcast. It can all be like under one segment. So let's kick off our general questions. Um, this question comes from USA, and they ask, what exactly is the origin and meaning of BTS pop, and do people use it unironically? Okay, definitely an interesting question to start off with. So this is most likely going to be coming from somebody who's like either new to the fandom or like maybe they're from like a different fandom and like they're like coming in or maybe they're just new to K-pop as a whole. So I'm a... Uh, For anybody who doesn't know what BTS pop is, basically the term came from, wasn't it like Korean media? Because Korean media, they were basically saying that like BTS like is kind of a genre of their own because, you know, as everyone knows. BTS kind of say that sometimes. Yeah, they do kind of say that sometimes. It's just because like BTS is so like experimental and just like genre agnostic that it kind of doesn't make sense to box them into like certain categories because they just don't quite fit so then you know when korean media decided to like call it that and say that bts is their own genre it's bts pop um people started using it um i don't know whether to say it was ironically or unironically like i would say is like it- it's kind of both because this isn't limited to bts like you'll see like western fans be like ariana pop or something they'll be like ari pop it's just kind of like a way to describe like your favorite artists, like music, like it's something that identifies with them. Uh, you could say Halsey pop, you could say like anything pop, you could say if even in K-pop, I see people now they use it, even though like people always clown armies for using it, but you'll people mm. see people go Blackpink pop or whatever. It's just, it's, it's, so to answer the question, if people are using it unironically, yes and no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> kind of like a combination of both. Uh, it's not meant to be taken, like, super seriously. It's just saying the genre is BTS. Yeah, because BTS have even said that themselves. They said that we want to make, like, they, they say that they didn't want to be boxed in. So then they were saying, quote, 
like literally word for word, the genre is BTS. So then, you know, a lot of people took that as BTS don't want to be defined by any categories and they just want to make their own music without having to be labeled certain things. So I think that there's really nothing wrong with calling it BTS pop, especially if like BTS are encouraging the fact that yes, we don't want to be labeled by anything. It's just like our music. Um, I feel like a lot of people just get irritated um, actually, no, I'm, I'm not even certain why they get irritated by BTS pop. I think they maybe just find it annoying or... I think that's what, what leads into the next question. That's also from the USA. They go, what does it mean to be a BTS popper? And I kind of see that term on Twitter a lot. People will be like, oh no, here comes BTS poppers or don't follow if you're a BTS popper. So like, it's kind of derogatory, but I think what it means is like I think people don't like people who only stand BTS probably or maybe it's the type of people that have a very limited view on the K-pop industry and like because yeah. they only stand BTS they don't want to like interact with those kinds of people it's kind of meant I don't know I think it's supposed to be like insulting but I don't know. I don't think it's, it shouldn't be that deep in my opinion. Yeah, like the thing is with the word BTS popper is that I've seen people use it very incorrectly and that's what leads to so many misunderstandings about what it is, which is probably why this person even sent the question in the first place. Um, because for us, like if you're a BTS popper, that literally just means like you're an army. That's it. Like there's really no like cryptic meaning behind it it just means that you're an army um but a lot of people from other different fandoms kind of took it as insulting or just weird or something so then like people call so then like i feel like because of the negative stereotypes people have about armies they now use the word bts popper to describe that type of person because i've seen k-pop fans like when an army tells them explain what a bts popper is and they're like oh a bts popper is somebody who's a really problematic person who always gets into fights with people from other fandoms and thinks that bts is above everybody in the music industry and like basically all these things that i'm like that is not what the term meant, especially it, it doesn't make sense for them to be saying that because it's like we're the ones who made the term BTS pop and they're telling us what the word means. Yeah, also, it's the fact that armies didn't invent, you know, putting pop after an artist's name. It's like you see it used all the time and just like a fun way to describe the type of music um, an artist makes. You could like I said earlier, you'll see Ariana Grande fans all the time say, oh, Ari Pop and whatnot. So I think, to be honest, don't think too much about it. Don't think too much mm. about, oh, am I a BTS popper? Am I giving off, giving off BTS popper vibes? Honestly, it doesn't really matter. Yeah, in my um, opinion, like, the discourse is not that serious. The discourse isn't that serious. I think people just need to lighten up. Yeah. So then question three, um, they said, I don't know how far up the success ladder we can go and where the highest point is. What happens with the fandom after we reach the peak? This is a good question because honestly, no one knows, especially because I think every comeback, I'm like, oh, oh no, this is their peak. And then it's not. 
So, yeah. <laughs> I I really I think that no matter what in the future even if there's a decline in popularity, BTS are still going to have a huge following uh, no matter what. Yeah, I feel like it's big, but it, I think they're going to be fine and BTS are here to stay for a really long time with enlistment mm-hmm. and everything. So I think we should just kind of like enjoy it while it lasts. And, you know, we'll see what happens when we get there. Yeah, because even BTS has like adopted that approach of whatever happens will happen. Like, and, you know, if like a certain thing has to happen and, you know, they, you know, they just had to go with it. Um, I feel like people shouldn't really worry too much about the future because, like you said, like, they're an amazing group. They'll always have so many followers and people who love them. So regardless of whether, like, uh, this next comeback is our peak or not, like, I feel like people should just worry about enjoying the music and remembering why you're a fan in the first place. Um, Because obviously there are certain things that will start peaking as time goes on and the fandoms get bigger. For example, like with charting like you can only get to like there's nothing above number one on billboard 200 or hot 100 so naturally that is going to end up being the peak but then there are also other things that bts could achieve such as winning maybe certain awards in the future um everybody's hoping that they're going to get a grammy nomination this year um and maybe that might be the peak but even if it's the peak like who cares like they're still amazing like I feel like people really shouldn't put too much thought into it like whoever wrote this question don't worry about it like it's okay like BTS is Mm -hmm. here to stay we're here to stay like so just worry about enjoying the music and you'll be fine also BTS is already very conscious of this like they've talked about it in their documentaries Yoongi talks about it in you know the intro to Shadow. Mm. I'm having a brain fart. It is Shadow where he talks about that, right? Uh, Where he's talking about sort of uh, being high up on a pedestal. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's Shadow. Okay, (laughs) just double checking. Um, (laughs) So like BTS, I think, are already conscious of this. And I think it's our job as fans to just be there and support them. You know, they're taking on that burden themselves. And so I think as long as we just keep giving them love and, you know, they don't want us to worry. So, like, we should try not to worry them in return. Oh, yeah. And then actually, now that you've mentioned Shadow, there's also something I remember that Yungi also said. Um, It wasn't that recent, actually. It was two years ago during their dinner party, uh, the BTS Festa dinner party. It's on YouTube for anybody who hasn't seen it, by the way, um, on their official channel, Bangtan TV. Um, But anyway... Um, there was something that Yungi said where he said, I'm afraid of falling, but not landing. And I guess there are different ways to interpret that. But the way I interpret it is that, yes, maybe like falling out of fame might be scary, but he's not really scared of landing back on the ground. And I think he is ready to accept Um, the fact that maybe one day they might not be as famous anymore and not even just like shadow but they've talked about it in songs like for example young forever Mm -hmm. where they're like i know that we can't yeah you know we can't be on stage forever yeah what they can't own the applause forever they're aware of this and they've been aware of it not even just recently but for years so you said it in um remember they were reading off their poetry and Mm. 
that one run BTS episode and he was oh, yeah. like you know the brighter the light is the bigger the shadow you know I'm scared but luckily there's seven of us and we have each other so we can get through this because you know it, I'm not by myself and yeah. it's true they're not by themselves they have us and they have each other so I think it's you know focus on just enjoying the now Mm. we'll get to the future when we get there exactly so next question they say hi so i'm kind of new to bts on twitter i've been around but i really started following people like two minutes uh two months ago i can usually come on twitter when something big was going to happen and i wanted to see the trends and all so what i've noticed is that a lot, I mean a lot, they added an accent mark on the a lot, so (laughs) I know that they've seen a lot of people, Um, but they said a lot of people are hitting on a girl, I think, called Bora. Uh, They've seen her so many times, and people are saying that she's a gym and anti, dismissing her opinion on Korean issues, even though she's Korean. I like her stuff, and a lot of people that I follow and enjoy content from uh, follow her too, but I don't want to follow an anti, so I'd like you to tell me why so many people hate her, and is she really what those people claim that she is? I also enjoy the second podcast about solos and mantis i hope you i enjoy your content from brazil first of all thank you um we really appreciate the fact that you're listening and um uh yeah this is a big one to unpack because we've mentioned this this. yeah we did mention i don't know which episode we mentioned i think we were talking about like um interacting like not not the shooter army episode it was i think in the second episode the second yeah, the second episode, probably. You know what? Yeah, it probably was. Um, or the third one. But yeah. anyway, the point is, there's not really a clear uh, yes or no. Is she a Jimin auntie? Where people got this from is they would see that she wouldn't always translate news articles regarding Jimin. Or she would translate posts by other members and not Jimin. So I think that's where the conclusion came from even though she's dispelled this, um, but a lot of people say she's a gym and auntie. And if you look at her Twitter, um, to be honest, I just hated seeing all the discourse about her. Mm. I personally, I don't know, I'm on the fence. Like, if she's a gym and auntie, I don't know if I can form that conclusion, but because there's just so much drama around it, I have her muted anyway. Um, because... People are always attacking her. They're always in mm-hmm. mentions. So I stay away from her. But if you feel confident in her translations, then I think that's fine. Um, it's funny that you even mentioned that instance because I've done a little bit of research on it. And I've read some of the exposed threads on that. And I've also read the, uh, the threads that debunk the exposed threads. And the reason why she was translating less of Jimin's content is because she said that she normally gets attacked by solos often when she translates Jimin's content, which is why she feels reluctant to translate more of that. And then from that, that's what really started all the rumors that she was a Jimin anti from like that one instance, even though like that's not even like anti behavior at all. Like if you're getting attacked by solo stands simply for translating content, then I don't blame you for wanting, like feeling that you want to translate less of that. And, you know, on top of that, the all the exposed threads that are on her are done by uh, 
people who are actually solos anyway. So it's like for a lot of the exposed threads that you're reading and you're saying, oh my gosh, I didn't even know she was an auntie. It's actually solo rhetoric that you're reading. And so I just wanted to like, because I just wanted to figure out like what was going on at first. Because like I used to see how much hate she was getting and I was Mm -hmm. like, why? And she still gets it. Like if you go through her quote tweets, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. And I was looking through all the threads and then like, I was seeing all of the stuff that people were accusing her of and things like saying that you don't want to translate something because you're afraid you would get attacked by solos. And then things like maybe one off forgetting somebody's birthday or something. That is what people were describing as anti-behavior. And I was like, there are people on this app who are literally dragging the members through the mud, trying to defame them at every single opportunity. And you're focused on somebody because they forgot a member's birthday. What? Like, that just, it baffles me. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm not saying that I fully agree with anything that she says, because I've also repeated this on my own page multiple times that there is never a single person on this earth who I agree with everything they say, because that's just not possible. Um, And there are things that she's tweeted that I don't agree with, but there's nothing that she's tweeted that is so cancel worthy to warrant the type of disgusting tweets I've seen in her mentions. Yeah, I feel so bad for her just because the reason, because we said it earlier, I was like, if you don't like her, like, don't interact with her, just Mm -hmm. mute her, block her or something. I don't like to see discourse um, about her because everyone's so mean. So that's why I have her muted. Um, And I follow other translation accounts, too. So, like, I'm kind of just making sure, like, I don't see that negative side of Twitter. Um, Mm -hmm. but like I don't know people are being way too much so if you feel comfortable following her then honestly go ahead it's not like Mm. you're following headliner or something and if you are unfollow (laughs) yeah please unfollow headliner she's an actual Jungkook auntie well she's assessing and then she is also an auntie I can't when she got added as an auntie I'm not even surprised but at the same time oh my gosh that's a that's another story but Mm -hmm. hope that answers your question and also congrats (coughs) for probably making it off Instagram where you're like weeks behind on information (laughs) I know Instagram like it is so hard to find information on Instagram just the way it's formatted makes it difficult so anyway uh welcome to twitter take care of yourself utilize that mute button if you need to and if you don't know how episode three y'all episode three (laughs) all right next question comes from russia hi my name is lisa and i have a question my parents tend to get irritated by the amount of pictures of bangtan around my room but it soothes and relaxes me to look at them I want to give my parents a proper introduction into BTS and ARMY world, but don't know where to start and what needs to be mentioned in order for them to understand my point of view. Mm. I know it depends on personalities and family dynamics, but I'd be very grateful if you could express your thoughts on explaining uniqueness and significance of BTS to those with a skeptical attitude. Thank you in advance. Your podcast touches important and interesting issues. Keep up the good work. Oh, everyone is so nice. <laughs> Thank you, Lisa. I Whenever people say they enjoy our podcast, it gives me, I don't know, it makes me so happy. Yes. 
but this is a really good question. Um, mm-hmm. well, for, the only question like this too that yeah I got regarding family. Yeah, because for me, I've gotten a couple of people, both family members and friends, into BTS. So, like, I do agree with her when she says that, like, obviously it depends on, like, dynamics and stuff like that. Um, But for me, um, it wasn't my immediate family, but my extended family, a couple of cousins, I got into them. And you just normally start out with, like, well, for me, the way I started out with my cousin is that because he knew of BTS um, before I had mentioned them because um, we were just like talking one day and then we were talking about music and then I talked about how I like BTS and he was like, oh, yeah, I've heard of them, but like I don't really know why people enjoy them all that much. And for him, he, like the people he knew who liked BTS, um, he would ask them why they like BTS and they were giving stuff like very, I guess, superficial reasons. So then maybe he wasn't convinced. Um, So I did mention stuff about how I talked about the messages in their music and obviously like how that also relates to the type of philanthropic work that they do. And that's what interested him more. And um, the fact that I was able to show him music videos and dissect the theories of those music videos, that was something that he was really interested in. So definitely talk about the type of substance that they have and like why that has helped you in your life. Because uh, like a lot of people who stand BTS, they have like their own stories as to like how BTS changed them as a person. So I definitely think if you tell your family how much of a positive impact they've had on you, then that would definitely help. Yeah, it definitely sucks when, like, something's a really positive experience for you and then, like, someone tries to, you know, crap on that. So Mm. it's really difficult, you know, when you have family or friends that don't support your hobbies. But I would just emphasize, once again, a lot of, uh, good work they do outside of their music so then that way you can highlight just who they are as people in general because mm-hmm. uh, you know they've done lots of donations as a group and individually they've given back to their hometowns multiple times you know they donate to charity they are representatives for UNICEF they do mm-hmm. a lot of work other than you know just dance and sing and I think yeah. it's also important to maybe highlight some of the social commentary in their songs and then that way Mm. you can see or not you they they can see that there is you know some substance not to say I don't want someone to say this and be like she said no other group has substance is that what I'm saying yeah (laughs) that'll get um them to see why they resonate with so many people especially young people people in like their teens and 20s and even 30s Yeah, exactly. Just show them what makes BTS not only like talented as musicians, but just also inspirational, like next gen leaders overall. Um, I think that's definitely a good place to start. Also, if it's the language barrier, I really don't know what to tell you because we're from Russia and I assume there's like a lot of different songs and different Mm. languages that are played over there too. I feel like the language barrier is more of like a U.S centric thing um but i think maybe if you just you know emphasize their personalities as people then that'll be a really good step and hoping that they Hmm. accept you know bts (laughs) 
<laughs> yeah, because I would, you know, definitely be pretty hurt if, like, my parents walked into my room and, like, every time they see BTS merch, like, they get, like, annoyed. So, like, I think that definitely, like, highlight why it makes you happy, like, why they make you happy. And, like, maybe if you've made any, like, friends or made any connections, like, mm -hmm. through the fandom, like, you can also highlight that as well to just to show, like, just show them how important they are to you. Yeah, and just, like, let them know that these posters in your room, they do make you happy. Uh, and emphasize, you know, it's not hurting anyone. It's, you know, it's your room, not theirs. You don't have to say yeah, so like that. Yeah, so it's like, But, like, they don't have to look at it, you know? Um, it's just for you and your comfort. So, exactly. good luck, Lisa. <laughs> yeah, good luck to you. Okay, so the next question. Uh, what is the genuine consensus about being a multi? I've been in ARMY since debut, but I feel like people will doubt my support for BTS because I also stand a few other groups from the UK. Obviously, me being just an ARMY, I will hand the mic over to you, Delilah, because you are the multi of this podcast. Oh, wow, thanks. Um, I'm actually going to be super honest here. I was so terrified to do this podcast because I was I didn't know if people would be receptive to my thoughts because mm -hmm. you know I do stand other groups and what there are multiple reasons why I asked Daisy to do this podcast with me one she people really love her twitter threads um mm. two I feel like you know, we bounce really well off of each other. And so, like, we can always have good dialogue. Three, our opinions and thoughts aren't so similar that, like, we're just, like, re-saying the same things. Yeah. And also, four, she articulates certain subjects and thoughts in a way that resonates so well with so many armies. And that's why, you know, she has such a big Twitter following. And so I just knew that having a podcast would allow those thoughts to resonate even larger and with more people and I'm really thank you that... <laughs> daisy getting emotional over here <laughs> uh, oh, sorry. <laughs> um, and i was really worried that people would be receptive to only daisy and you know not really care about my thoughts because you can go through my twitter like you know what my ad is <laughs> we say it at the end of every podcast and you can see I retweet things you know regarding different groups and different fandoms but to be honest at one point you just kind of got to not care what other people think if you love BTS and BTS's music is important to you um, there's no reason why other people's music can't also be important to you. So I think if, you know, people are trying to make you doubt your support for BTS, you should just like block them or mute them or something because at the end of the day, you're the only one who knows how you truly feel for them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I fully agree with like everything because honestly, like um, I like understood your fear of like, people not being as receptive to you but like now that this podcast has taken off like I we see like comments all the time and I see that people are like equally as receptive to Delilah as they are to me and that's like something that 
has really made me happy because obviously like more than just somebody who she's doing a podcast with me like she's also my friend so like I just wouldn't think it would be fair if people weren't treating her the same as they were treating me just because like she stands a few other different groups and like this whole discourse about like is being a multi good is being a multi bad like that whole discourse is so dumb because like I feel like because there are some armies where they will complain about how other fandoms might treat them because of like the vocal minority of people who might be rude to other groups, but then like express the same type of rhetoric when they're regarding people who are multi-fandom. And then talk about this is why we can't trust multis. This is why we hate armies. And it's like, if you take out the word multi and then replace it with armies, you would get pissed at that same sentence. But then because it's not towards you, like you're totally fine with saying it to somebody else. So with me, it's like, it really does not matter how many groups you stand as long as you're respectful of other people and as long as you respect other people's music choices you don't even have to like the people who they're standing just keep it to yourself if you don't like them like because all this negativity about like armies being toxic or multis being toxic overall I feel like it's just it just doesn't get us anywhere I hope in 2021 we can finally move past the whole you know can't trust multis thing because the truth is if someone is so quick to throw BTS under the bus. They're probably not as big as an army as they probably said they were anyway, because the multis I have on my timeline are like, you know, they're always standing up for BTS, even if it doesn't matter if, you know, they, for example, they also stand EXO and it's like an EXO fan saying something about BTS. They don't care what fandom, you know, that person is. If you're saying, you know, things about BTS that aren't true or just straight up disrespectful, they they don't stand for that. So my timeline <laughs> is definitely filled with multis that are supportive for BTS. And mm. I hope that, you know, if you haven't found those types of multis that you'll be able to in the future. Yeah, for sure. Like, if you find people on your timeline who are being problematic, I've said this before, it's usually not because of, like, whatever fandom they're in. It's most likely because they were just already, like, a garbage person. Yeah. So just, like, block them, and you, I guarantee you, if you look for better people, you will find them. So, um, uh, yeah. (laughs) Next question. (laughs) These few days have been a bit concerning. Too much hatred between us, and I wonder why do we keep paying attention to those that are spreading false information and hate among us? I think this could apply to many different things. This can apply to many different things, but as far as you know, false information spreading around, I think it's because since the fandom is so big, it's like a game of telephone where like mm. you don't know where it started. So like you just hear all these things bouncing off, you know, everyone, but like you don't bother to check the source because, you know, so many people are repeating it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I think that does make sense because it's like, I feel like a lot of people just need to work on fact checking. And we've said this before in previous episodes, um, whether it's in regards to like, for example, solos and mantis and all that and so on. So it's like, 
Um, yeah, this whole false information thing, I don't know whether they're saying that in terms of like accusing people of being antis or whether it's just like general false information. Um, but either way, false information and hate among us, we definitely need to cut that out. So, yeah. Um, and then I think, oh, there's a continuation of this question where they say, there are thousands of armies doing amazing things and we tend to ignore them and just pay attention to those that are not even part of the fandom or with suspicious intentions. I mean, the chances of, of all of us being nice people are impossible, but I'm sure that most of us are at the end of the day. We have the same common goal. Support, love, and help BTS in the same way they did to us. If you think about it, more than a fandom, we are some kind of positive movement. We have everything, teachers, lawyers, activists, uh, artists, emotional support, reporters, and so much more. Months ago, when I created my first stand account, I was so lost. I did it because I wanted to feel part of something and that I wasn't alone because someone out there was just was feeling just as bad as I was, but thanks to BTS, found some light. The next day, I received a message from another army thanking me for and to keep trying. I was really surprised, but that was something I needed to hear at the moment. We canceled those that are helping us because of weird misunderstandings, but give influence to the ones that are actually causing harm. Ooh, that is some tea. That is a bar if I've heard one. <laughs> oh yeah, my gosh. We definitely have a issue where like we're so quick to, you know, cancel accounts because they, you know, type something and weren't clear about their wording or like it's they, you know, just weren't clear about what they meant. And I see it happen all the time and it's kind of scary because it these people like they get so angry without asking before shooting, you know? Yes. That's... And it's this whole thing that we were talking about, like, yesterday with this whole, uh, not sorry, not yesterday, um, uh, episode three, and then also, like, kind of episode, uh, I believe it was episode maybe one or something, mm -hmm. where it was, like, the whole, like, shoot first, ask later mentality where... People are like literally just attacking without ever asking for clarification, without going to fact check. And that is really, really dangerous because there have been a lot of like accounts, especially big accounts um, that have been like getting harassed for little misunderstandings. And it's been happening really frequently, especially this year. And it's scary to see because it's like these people like, the especially the, like the ones who are being canceled are like some of the nicest people I've seen the most like unproblematic and for like one small misunderstanding or for like one mistake that can be easily correctable some so for some reason like people are now going on witch hunts against them it's really really scary I think like social distancing has made people cling to the internet even more so than like years previously and mm. so sometimes we forget that, you know, out there are fans outside of Twitter. There's, you know, Twitter is not a pure representation of armies. And like, yeah, I feel like sure. that often kind of like clouds how people think or they think, oh, this is happening on Twitter. Everyone out, everyone in, in the fandom, but I'm pretty sure there's, 
Oh, there are so many who are not on Twitter. And even for the ones who are on Twitter, like, for all the followers that BTS have, like, maybe 10% of those are active. Probably even less than 10%, actually. Yeah, I know. This is, it's such a diverse fandom. Like, like uh, the question was saying, you know, we have accounts dedicated to finding ARMY's jobs. Uh, there's, like, legal teams. Like, there's, it's so diverse. And... You know, it's good to be reminded of those aspects because sometimes I even forget, like, there's so much, you know, for us that we do for each other as a fandom. And I think it's really, I don't know, it's just so positive. And I don't think I've ever seen any other fandom in the world, whether they be an older fandom or a newer fandom, do things like this. I think definitely because of the dawn of social media, like, I genuinely feel like we are the first fandom to ever be this, like, this much of a community, I guess, where, like, we're basically at the point where we could be self-sufficient. Because, like, the way that armies operate, again, like you said, so many different, like, sectors of our fandom, where, whether it's, like, armies who are tutoring students or um, uh, who are, you know, giving more representation to minorities or something like that. There's always a different part of the fandom for you to discover. And I definitely feel like there are some people who do take those accounts for granted. And that's why so many of them are dehumanized and sometimes canceled. And I just think that's really uncool. So yeah, we need to stop doing that. The person who sent this ask, I'm really glad things are looking up and getting better because the first, like, few months on Stan Twitter, like, no one really has any idea what they're doing. And it's going to be, like, it's going to be, was like, me. how do I make friends? How do I, you know, how do I interact with people? You know, it's a big learning process. And so I'm glad that someone made you feel good. <laughs> yeah, like, that's really good that you were able to find someone like that. So, like, much power to you. Hope you're staying happy. And thank you for sending in that question. All right. Now... That's all we have for, like, just, like, the miscellaneous general section. These next questions are going to be linked specifically with solo stands and mantis. Yeah. So, um, uh, first question, they say, do you think that the likes of manager antis and solo antis will ever be gone from our fandom? Do you think they will someday destroy our fandom? To be honest, sometimes I am worried about this. Yeah, I definitely worry about this a little bit just because sometimes we accidentally blow things up way more than they should. Like the whole, you know, Jin with the Mm. truck thing. Um, There's definitely, you know, some concern. But I think the fact that we're seeing it and the fact that we're acknowledging there is this growing issue is kind of what gives me hope that like we will be able to prevent it from getting more out of hand yeah for sure like i definitely don't think that something like this can ever be fully eradicated from our fandom because of just how massive it is but i do think that we need to work on taking more steps to decrease this type of behavior from getting attention or just from even like manifesting in the first place because I like it, like it just baffles me how there are enough people to be able to even fund some of the things that they do or just like 
enough people in that community where they can get so much attention from it. So yeah, I do worry about that, but I definitely think that we can take start taking steps now to prevent some stuff like this from you know happening in the yeah, future. But do so, I yeah. think, like, they'll be gone? Like, do I think they're going to be eradicated? No, just because that's mm-hmm. impossible. Like, the type of people that are solos and manager armies are not even manager armies. More like manager aunties because they hate everything BTS does. Um, but yeah. those definitely stem from, like, who they are as a person and a need to be controlling and you know a Mm. lack of respect so as long as human beings exist solos and manager aunties are always going to exist because that's just human nature and on top of that like our fandom like like to be able to eradicate something like that we need to be actively looking for those types of people to find and take down and obviously every army is so busy with their own lives we don't have time to like just be on twitter 24 7 scouring the internet for solos and mantis to go and report and everything so like i i think for that reason as well that's also why i think that they're not going to be gone from our fandom ever so yeah all right next question is coming from india they said i think my biggest concern right now are solo stands that are antis disguised as army to distract and divide army recently as you know a truck was sent in your gin which was very wrong as these things just increase internal tensions while promote not trusting bts themselves they victimize bts as if they aren't artists with control over their music and are just products that can be controlled just because they paid the money Another concerning thing is canceling culture, which has recently surfaced. It is especially very traumatizing to a few while keeps ARMY from treating freely. For example, a person was canceled for talking about cake, one for talking about titties, mm. and that, according to me, is ridiculous <laughs> as saucing the solo stands and member aunties are freely presenting their thoughts on the platform, playing with new ARMY's minds while the innocent OT7 armies are canceled for, for nothing. There are many more things such as delusional shippers and Instagram armies that think streaming and buying isn't the only way of supporting for BTS as musicians, which again is ridiculous. These are just some internal concerns that we need to talk about as BTS and ARMY only have each other. Sorry for the long reply and thank you. Borahe. Borahe to you too. Um, thank you for that question. And this is the third time that we're uh, hearing this truck get mentioned because even in the question before this there was also a similar thing we skipped it because it was basically saying the same as the first question but they were basically saying they were concerned about solos and mantis because we like were not able to stop them from doing stuff like sending in a truck so for anybody who doesn't know because we did mention the truck as well in episode one but didn't quite explain what it was but what had happened with the truck incident is that um after Dynamite was released, um, a lot of Jin solos who saw the music video um, were not happy with the amount of lines and screen time that he got. And then also um, an, a, a thread had surfaced where this solo had 
said that like Jin was sad that he didn't get screen time when they were reacting to Dynamite music video when they took a clip that was from a part where he wasn't even like looking at himself like in the video. So it was like taken completely out of context and falsified. And so because of all of these things that were accumulating, they decided to put money together and rent a truck and send it over to Big Hits company building. Now, that truck parked in front of the building. And what that truck was doing was basically it had this sign. I think it was like a sign or like a screen was, or something. Was, but it basically... Was, it, was, it was like one of those electric signs that like have like... Oh, like yeah, one of those empty like ones. ones. Yeah. And basically on that screen, it was a bunch of solos who had put out their demands to treat Jin better and were demanding that uh, Bang PD like listen to them and all this also type of no, stuff. Very disrespectful. Is what I heard people were saying, which made it very rude. Oh, yes. Korean speakers were saying that the demands that they were making and the way that they were addressing Bang PD, for all who don't know, is the CEO of Big Hit Entertainment and BTS's boss. But um, the Korean that they were using to address um, him in was informal Korean, which is seen as extremely disrespectful. So um, uh, yeah, that truck was parked in front of Big Hit for God knows how long. I think it might have been at least like an hour or something. But that, um, it's kind of like embarrassing to Jin because you have it makes it seem like he can't speak for himself. So like you have to have like fans demand things for him, even though he's the one you know at the table of signing contracts he's the one you know behind the scenes and it's just it's not a good look at all and it trust me I wasn't happy with you know Jin's scream time either I watched it and I was like dang where'd Jin go he wasn't really present but never ever mm. would I consider going to the big hit building and like putting a sign and just like disrespecting um him and his boss never yeah that whole truck incident was extremely invasive and i really cannot believe that like they ever thought that was a good idea and still think it's a good idea by the way because they are nope. not sorry for sending that truck um and they'd probably do it again if they had the opportunity and they had the money so that really scares me because to think that there are people out there who are willing to go that extra mile to be doing all this is just so weird to me and on top of that it's like it like i don't even i can't even imagine how Jin would Another feel part of this concern talks about um how these types of people easily blend in with you know armies and like innocent armies you know they're the ones that are getting canceled they mentioned um the cake incident and let me explain what the cake incident was because honestly that cake deserved to be dragged okay the cake was ugly listen it uh, did bts had partnered with baskin robbins and they were doing uh, a like uh seven ice cream cake uh thing. Yeah, it was an ice cream cake uh, shaped by in, in the number seven exactly. for Map of the Soul 7. However, um, when people started, you know, ordering the cakes, they did not look like what was advertised. They looked kind of like a little sloppy. And so someone had, you know, called this out and was like, you know, this cake is so ugly. And people were really angry saying, you know, BTS, you know, you shouldn't 
disrespect BTS as a work. BTS didn't make that cake, okay? BTS were not in Baskin Robbins, slaving in the back in the kitchen. Making that cake, okay? They just said, sure, we'll promote, okay? They're just getting their Baskin Robbins coins. Like, they do not care if you think the cake is ugly. They probably thought it was ugly, too. Exactly. Because it's like, if me, like, to commemorate my album, you gave me that (laughs) cake. I'm sorry, but that cake, not only was it, like, sloppy looking, but then also, like, the size of it was quite small. And for what people were paying for, like, it just seemed like a ripoff. Because, like, people were, because, like, if you look at Baskin Robbins in Korea, like, normally their ice cream cakes are so high quality. So people definitely were looking at that and looking at pictures of BTS's cake and thinking that this is, like, a huge step down. So I don't blame them for going to complain because I agree that cake looked <laughs> ugly as hell. And I was like, I would not buy you this know? with my own money. So I don't know why people canceled I, them for yeah, that. Like, they had to come back and formally apologize for cake. Like, listen, I, I, I believe... I wish I could express my confusion about people defending this cake so hard as if BTS themselves slaved 24 hours in the Baskin-Robbins kitchen making it. <sighs> I'm telling you, as if they cry themselves to sleep wearing their Baskin-Robbins aprons or something. Like, come on. Like, they did not have any hand in making that cake. And people are allowed to voice criticism for something that should is expected to be high quality. So I don't even see Here, why I'll they were canceled right for that. Now, the, no. um, tour merch is always plain and not worth the money. There, go ahead, cancel me. <laughs> Let me tell you something. That speaker self merch. <laughs> oh god, man! I laugh every time I think about that speaker self merch because it just kills me the way they just put a picture of BTS on a white T-shirt and they're like, "Yes, god. this is quality." Like you look like you did that on Microsoft uh, Paint. I'm sorry. Did people buy it anyway? Yeah, because tour merch is tour merch. But you can't tell me that it couldn't have been better. Worth, Obviously, like nowadays. However much that was. <laughs> Yeah, nobody's paying that much for a t-shirt that's looking like that. And it's like, nowadays they've stepped up with like the Map of the Soul merch and I'm like, cool. Like, that's improvement. Like, we should be able to give constructive criticism about certain products um, without having the fear of being cancelled. So um, I agree with that. But what I am wondering about is what is the second thing that they were talking about? Who got canceled over I don't titties? Know. We're always people are always thirsting over June's titties. So like I don't know what specific incident sparked that, but I will just have to say, um, people need to like just relax. You know, really pay attention to like the account and like are they just joking around are they actually like this auntie that is being disrespectful or did you maybe jump the gun a bit i think the only way to really combat the decisiveness not decisiveness sorry divisiveness in the fandom is to just really check the accounts that Mm. are saying these things before coming to your own conclusions because taking one tweet out of context and then making a narrative about that person's entire account is just not the way to go. 
So dumb, so dumb. And they are right. It's because of that that a lot of innocent OT7 armies are canceled for nothing. And like, uh, there's uh, again to go back to the other stuff that they said. They said there's many more things like delusional shippers and Instagram armies, uh, which is again ridiculous. So it's like those people are like being left alone, but like the innocent OT7 armies are the ones being canceled. That's just very weird. So I do think that we need to come together at some point to have some sort of group discussion about all this because the way that army twitter has been moving sometimes has been wild all right this next question comes from greece they say i think solo stands are increasing in numbers they're loud and toxic they're everywhere in my timeline during comebacks or solo releases like they're embarrassing the fandom and make us look bad and you know what i agree i think everyone agrees no one actually likes solo <laughs> fans except other solo stands. Exactly. Uh, I would just maybe a way you could help your timeline is maybe make a list of follow like your favorite mutuals and uh, people that you follow and make a list on Twitter and it'd be like comeback timeline. So then that way those are the only accounts like you'll see. Yeah, and I do agree that they're embarrassing the fandom and making us look bad because a lot of people will be like, oh, yeah, but they're solos. Like, we don't claim them. Everybody knows that. I'm like, okay, but do non-K-pop fans know that? Because every time some solo stands do some BS, it's always labeled as an ARMY thing because the people reporting on that BS are people who have not researched the fandom. And so they don't know the different levels there are where there is mantis and solos. They think that everybody who has a, a BTS member as their profile picture is an ARMY. So when you see stuff like solo stands kicking up a fuss about like, for example, stuff about Jin, then you will see articles where will be like, armies aren't happy with like Jin's screen time and they sent a truck to Big Hit when it wasn't us, it was solos. So I do think that, um, uh, I don't know how we're gonna tackle that, but definitely if they're making you unhappy to the point where you can't enjoy your timeline, like, De- uh, like Delilah said, making a list always helps because it means that you can ignore most of that drama. This next question is also from India. You know, India is actually our third largest demographic. Um, I, was look- I was looking at statistics. That's cool. It was like U.S., I think, like France or Canada, and then India is third. <laughs> um, so Ooh, shout out nice. to Indian armies. This person says, I'm kind of worried about solo stand behavior on my timeline, which we've addressed. I try not to engage, but it's so, so obvious that they degrade other members and act like everything is fine with that. Is there any way we can address this other than blocking and muting? You must be aware of gin truck incident. I have a feeling we'll be seeing more of it, and I really want a way to understand why solo stands can't become OT7. Like, what is the problem with that? It's so easy to love all the members. What's stopping you? Why do we have so much toxicity? Mm. I joined this in May 2020, and I looked up most of Twitter history and the history of Bangkok. I'm unable to wrap my head around this. I feel so bad for baby armies who are coming in through such oh, a complicated God, time. Dang. I'm so sorry. <laughs> that was literally right before all the mess that oh, happened in June. Dude. Oh, my gosh. I'm so <laughs> Yeah, to be honest, I kind of don't, I really wish I had an answer on like, what can we do besides blocking and muting and ignoring? Because sometimes, you know, ignoring just like allows them to keep growing. You could try reporting accounts, you know, like if they're saying tweets that have hateful speech in them, 
you could try reporting their accounts and getting them taken down. Um, mm. But I, too, kind of don't understand um, why solo stands, like, exist also. Because, listen, you can be, like, a fan of a group and, like, only, like, maybe, like, one member. But you wouldn't call yourself, like, part mm. of that fandom, you know? Like, no. There's plenty of, you know, groups where I listen to their songs casually and I know maybe, like, one or two members. But I'm not going to use their fandom name to describe myself because that would I mean that assumes that like I'm you know head deep into that fandom which clearly um is not the case but with solo fans like they stream the songs they follow they keep up with content but um only one member is special or one member is being victimized and the rest receives special treatment like I don't Mm. know it's it's also confusing <laughs> so like it's just people are weird <laughs> yeah people are weird that's basically just the general consensus people are weird there's nothing else we can conclude from that and i guess until we find a better solution to try and i guess stop it at its source the best thing we can do is just block mutant report mm-hmm. at this point i do want to do a little side note um if you're using like this arm anonymous form to like vent your frustrations that's great and i love that you're allowed to curse but i will not repeat curse words so then that way i don't have to mark this podcast as explicit um but if if you want to curse like that's fine but if you're wondering if you curse and like i skip over that word and replace it with something else it's because i'm just i just don't want to mark um this podcast as explicit so just a side note. <laughs> yeah, we're rated E for everyone. <laughs> okay, so question six. Um, they say, I feel like armies haven't learned exactly how to handle situations of Manti slash solos, starting drama, and we should. We should end up spending the day explaining why what they say is nonsense, but seem to still not know how to stop it from escalating to things like the truck situations or the hashtags earlier this year. Now, in terms of the hashtags earlier this year, I feel like I know what they're talking about. Um, For people who might not know what had happened was, I think it was the issue with the the Map of the Soul merch with the whole handwriting on the back of the hoodie. Yeah, so for what for anyone who doesn't know what happened, what happened is that when um, BTS and Big Hit, they had, uh, well, when Big Hit had released the tour merch for Map of the Soul 7 on the Weaver shop, there was one particular hoodie that they were selling where um, they had the words Map of the Soul written um, seven different times, and it was in all the members' different handwriting. And um, people said uh, that basically they couldn't see Taehyung's handwriting on the hoodie and that um, in the picture it looks like his handwriting wasn't there. So then people were like like trending all these hashtags on Twitter. Solos, I mean. Solos and Mantis were trending all these hashtags on Twitter where they were talking about, I think it was something like respect mm-hmm. Taehyung and just other hashtags like that that made people wonder what the hell is going on. And um, basically after that, um, you know, they had changed the merch picture. They had clarified that from emails that 
um, it wasn't that he was forgotten, but maybe like there was something wrong with the picture and that they've re-updated. So, so basically the picture and so people, online didn't match what was printed on the merch. Yeah, so it wasn't the fact that they had printed it out on the merch and it just looked like that, but the picture wasn't correct on the website. So that ended up getting changed. And um, there were some solos who thought that it was because they trended the hashtags when reality, it was because people were sending actual complaints and formal complaints to customer service like you're supposed to do. Um, so yeah, that was a mess. And uh, yeah, I agree that we definitely need to continue talking about how to figure this out and how we can stop these situations from escalating. Um, but it's hard to have these conversations with how big our fandom is, honestly. Yeah, the size of the fandom won't ever make it so we can have, like, a congruent, you know, solid opinion on one certain subject. It's just too big for that to ever happen. But hopefully we can yeah. try and think a little bit more clearly, especially in the next few years, as we're only going to get bigger. Hmm. And then this next question has a similar um, sort of concern. Uh, they're from India. Um, and they basically say, my only concern is when this fandom will stop letting solo stands and victimizers destroy our safe space. Um, I definitely do think that for people who are more aware of the issues of solos and mantis, like they're actively working against that. I think the issue is either new newer armies or naive armies who might be tricked into thinking certain ways about uh, situations. And that's why these, for example, exposed threads on Big Hit, quote unquote, mistreating a certain member. Um, that's why those threads end up blowing up because those types of armies will not fact check and they'll just blow it up. And uh, that's why it gets attention. All right, that wraps up um, that category of questions regarding Solo stands. These next concerns are about longevity. Um, this person says, longevity is still something we find challenging as a person, mainly because different parts of the fandom, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, don't see eye to eye on longevity goals. Would it be beneficial if in preparation of comebacks to have fan bases have already set weekly goals in addition to usual first day, first week goals? Hmm, that is definitely a good question. Um, so I think that weekly goals would be good. Um, if it's possible for us to set weekly goals, I think it would be really nice. Um, because uh, we were kind of doing that with like dynamite yeah. um, when we were having like sort of goals for like how many sales we wanted and like how many streams we were keeping watch of like the points I'm on Hot 100 honest, to like I, see how I, much effort. I have no clue how like we survived more than like two three weeks at the top of the hot 100 with dynamite like like we were insane for that oh my gosh guys how did we do that <laughs> yeah but i think that if we can make some weekly goals it would definitely help and obviously because depending on which social media platform you're on um, you'll see different goals by different armies. And I don't think it's necessarily, maybe we might, because the way I see it is obviously because there's different, you know, sectors of army and different apps and all that. So maybe it might just be better for like Facebook and Insta armies to have their own comeback goals, have Twitter armies have their own comeback goals. And then maybe 
with all those goals added up, maybe mm-hmm. it might amount to something. I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff out there because we're like still in testing phases because now we're in new waters yep. again um, with this whole hot 100 thing. So we're all trying to figure out what's going to work best um, in time for comeback next month. Yeah. So and by the time this comes out, oh, wait, no, this comes out this Friday, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, comebacks right around the corner. We're just kind of going to have to look and see what fan bases come up with. Yeah, and I think definitely we need to, because, you know, there's always a big issue of uh, being able to contact bigger accounts on other platforms aside from Twitter and getting them to spread comeback goals. Um, So I really do think that we need to push for um, somebody from Twitter to be on other platforms and spreading goals and perhaps give those accounts a lot of follows. because it does get quite frustrating when we're trying to spread comeback goals and like either like people are not getting responses from other fan bases or something like, or they're just like not going to post them. So yeah, we need to work on something. We need to have a game plan for that. Someone also says, I think one of the reasons we struggle with longevity is because we aim for big numbers the first week. And after that, it's hard for the fandom to main second week longevity because most of the fandom already bought first week maybe we should shift our mentality of big numbers first week to maintain longevity i feel like honestly i mean this question is slightly outdated just because um dynamite's been out for a while and we maintained top of the billboard chart for quite way longer than expected um i think since once again we are in new waters i think it's still good to push to make sure we get big numbers that first week just because that means visibility mm. but i think mm. honestly we're kind of doing our best uh with trying to maintain longevity and i think as you know i feel like with this next comeback we're gonna learn from dynamite and because we learned from dynamite we're gonna be even better at it so i have faith in our fan bases yeah yeah, because it's the same thing with, like, um, going from Love Yourself, Her to, um, you know, Map of the Soul persona with the whole Billboard 200 thing. We kind of, like, learn along the way. And as we continue to chart higher, we started to, like, get better techniques. And then, you know, that's what helped us with the, the next comeback afterwards. So um, I feel like now that we've had Dynamite, that was a really good tester to see how good we were at keeping a, a single stable on the charts. Um, and then also with like the whole savage love thing, it also showed that we were able to multitask and do it successfully. So um, I feel like we can use this information and then put it towards the next comeback so that when B drops in November, we can be able to chart multiple tracks on Hot 100 at once. And then also on top of that, we can be able to keep the album on Billboard 200. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. Okay, and I think that concludes it for the longevity section. So now we're moving on to the section of armies versus other stands. And the first person here from Panama, they say, I have this issue. Sometimes a lot of people from army, um, army accounts with a lot of followers bring down other artists because of their fandom's behavior, giving clouds of comments of accounts that are just for hating. Army sometimes make the issues so big, 
Uh, I know it's because we're a big fandom and bash about the artists and their achievements. I would like to stop the generalization with other fandoms just because a part of their stands are jerks. I don't see how we can keep all this not on army is toxic when we're treating others bad. And yeah, we kind of like recently just touched on this with this separate question, but I agree with this. Like just because of vocal minorities, it doesn't mean that every fandom is like fully toxic aside from us. I feel like every fandom in existence will always have you know a certain number of people who are just problematic that number may vary from fandom to fandom but to paint any fandom as either all good or all evil is really just unproductive yeah i definitely because like i see all the time people like screenshot a tweet with like zero likes from an account with like 30 followers yeah and people will be like, oh, look at what this fandom is saying. And then it blows up and it's like 10,000 likes and like 8,000 retweets on this like one screenshot of this very unimportant person. So from yeah. a very obvious so, like, burner account. I definitely think uh, sometimes I think maybe we kind of because it's always, oh, armies are so toxic. But that's a narrative that gets pushed around. You know, we kind of try and give people a taste of their own medicine and be like, well, look, you guys are toxic too. Here's, you know, this screenshot that I also took out of context um, and also <laughs> find an account with, like, no followers. But I definitely agree that we should kind of stop giving, you know, obvious haters uh, clout and then being like, oh, this is what that whole fandom thinks because we don't like it when it's done to us. And, you know, I know people like to say fight fire with fire, but for the internet, that's just Mm. not a good way to go. Yeah, you can't fight fire with fire and then ask why the house is burning down. Like, I feel like a lot of people, especially a lot of armies, like, obviously, like, we've gotten so much hate from other people because we're always generalized. But what a lot of people I feel don't want to hear is like, hey, we should probably not do that to other people as well. And yeah, giving other people a taste of their own medicine. People are jerks, I know. But I'm not going to sit here and waste my time and ruin my fandom experience by constantly Mm -hmm. fighting with other people. And not even just that, but bringing other artists down because there's ways that you can clap back at other people where you're not dragging in you know people who haven't done anything because for example like dragging an uh, an artist for their looks or for their talent because somebody from their fandom said something about either us as a fandom or if they said something about bts that's not the way to go and it really doesn't give you any validity because when people are gonna look at the argument to see what happened and they see that you shot back with something equally as toxic as the person you were calling out they're not gonna go inside with you yeah and I think, I mean, I don't really know what else much to say um, besides what's already been said. But, like, I definitely, you know, agree with the whole, it doesn't make sense for us to, like, always blow up issues and, like, antis and other fandoms to try and, like, be like, oh, this fandom, you know, look how terrible they are. It's just, it's a waste of energy. It is. Like, it's just... I'm, I'm over it. So, yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, next question, they say, it is from the USA, and they said, 
I'm still a pretty new army, so I don't have all the context for all the fights between armies and K-pop stands. I feel like I constantly see armies bashing, quote unquote, the rest of K-pop, and it confuses me. Is it just the stands armies have a problem with, or do they genuinely not want to see other K-pop acts succeed? See, there's a lot of nuance and depth um, to this, and like we could spend like a whole episode talking about like the history of BTS, how they got where they are now, why you know armies are the way they are currently. But I can't say for sure it is not the fact that they don't want other K-pop acts to succeed. It's the fact that people want their favorite artists to succeed, but refuse to acknowledge BTS is the reason that their faves are able to reach certain heights. Exactly. I think that's like where the bulk of the issue lies. And also the fact that a lot of people want to see their faves succeed, but then they bash BTS for using the same methods to go and succeed. Because it's like people bash BTS and, uh, you know, called them sellouts and seeking Western validation for like going on American shows and, and, and promoting in America with their with their music and also like getting nominated for American awards. And we talked about this in uh, we're well, we're going to talk about this in a future episode. Um, so stay tuned for that. But um Basically, like a lot of people bash them for doing that, but then when their faves are doing the same thing, then like suddenly everybody's all for it and supporting it. So that's why a lot of armies get mad at um, other K pop fans because, like, it's not that they don't want to see their um, faves succeed, but it's like if you're gonna want your faves to succeed, then at least like treat bts with respect because they're essentially doing because what they're doing is nothing different to what bts is doing promoting in the u.s by going on american shows and getting nominated for american awards like it's been done so like people are just tired of the double standards really about sums it up uh next question is also from texas usa they say army are now being called chart stands for wanting to stream and help our boys reach the charts. I think of it as a way to give back to the boys for the music and happiness they've given us. On the other hand, I'm now seeing other fandoms bullying little people in their own fandoms for wanting to organize streaming events and make goals. Why do you guys think so many K-pop stands see setting such goals to support our favorite artists as a bad thing? Shouldn't we want our faves to have some visible success in chart? while the negativity towards us and now their fandom now their own fandoms for wanting to sing you know Ooh, we, we that is t- very I interesting either a previous episode or upcoming episode we do touch about this um and i think the reason why people are so against charting and streaming is because a there's a misconception on what streaming is and mm-hmm. second of all uh People, you know, believe that, you know, music is just something that should just be fun and enjoyed and it isn't a competition, not understanding that you cannot be a K-pop fan and, you know, want to avoid competition because the industry is built up that way. Like, it's literally built every week, you know, groups compete and, like, whoever gets the most points wins a trophy. Like, that's, it literally is a competition. Mm. And I also think... Um, especially particularly with um, 
third gen K-pop, it's more global than, you know, first and second gen. Mm-hmm. And so international fans have more responsibility. And, you know, they didn't mm. have to have as much responsibility as they did, uh, you know, maybe like five, six, you know, ten years ago. And so instead of, mm. you know, putting in the work that Korean fans do, now it's like, oh, you're just taking the fun out of it. So, like, I definitely think it's, yeah. you know, a diffusion of responsibility and a misconception on that streaming is supposed to be not fun. Yeah, basically sums everything up. And luckily for you, like Delada said, it's something that we touched on. I believe it's in episode four, which is the uh, upcoming episode next Friday. So lucky for you, you get to hear us talk about that in our one hour glory. (laughs) So next question. Um, This comes from the USA again. They say, what do you think of girl group stands and Western pop girl stands who pull the misogyny card in defense of their faves? I'm already heated just thinking about it. (laughs) Because you know that a lot of the times it is not even women that are behind these girl group profile pictures. It's like white men, you know, screaming misogyny as if they have a seat at the table. (laughs) And it's like, you're not invited to this conversation. Stop inviting yourself. Yeah. Because, like, it, it really, what pisses me off about that whole um, misogyny card is the fact that, like, they'll use it to excuse the most problematic behavior. Like, they think that there are some women who are faultless. And, like, they use that misogyny card in order to prevent people from giving well-deserved criticism in some aspects. Uh, Like, obviously... Irene from Red Velvet. I'm going, yes, I'm dropping Oh, yeah, that's true. Um, (laughs) Yes, (laughs) Irene uh, recently came under fire because an employee had said that she was verbally berated and humiliated and basically brought to the point of tears after and she has like a 20 minute recording of you know Irene being disrespectful and just hurtful and apparently it's like a known secret amongst you know multiple staff members in the industry of the staff members that like in their 15 years of work like it's like the worst experience they've had um and so a lot of people were very critical of this because it's like it's never appropriate to um, be rude and disrespectful to staff. It's never appropriate to, you know, mm. make someone cry. And people who were criticizing Irene were called misogynists. Um, they were like, oh, yes, you know, Irene's a queen. You know, the person just stuck at their job and they deserve to get yelled at. It was, wow. it's been a messy few days. <laughs> yeah. And like, I think in that, particular situation like anybody who's pulling the misogyny card like shut up man oh my gosh like there is because like we were talking about this the other day as well Delilah and I and it's like if this was a staff member and they were having a bad day but then they still went out of their way to go and verbally berate a, a, a girl group idol then people would be calling for that staff member to be mm-hmm. fired to be blacklisted but because it's um, 
Irene doing it to some staff member, that staff member is now dehumanized and not only being accused of lying or something for attention, but then if people do believe them, then they're being called like a wimp because apparently like the rumor was that the person who got berated and like came basically was in tears after being harassed by Irene. Like people were saying that because apparently it was a man that like he should have stood there and took it because of the fact that he was a man. And I was like, Oh my God, yeah, no. I need people to understand that if you are at a workplace and your boss is like yelling at you and verbally berating you, especially for 20 plus minutes, that's an HR violation. Like that's not acceptable in any workplace. And they, yeah, uh, workers do have, you know, some legal rights. And so you can report that box mm. to HR. Uh, don't think you have to. Yeah, being abused is not normal. <laughs> yeah, and like not even in just this case, but in any case of like a female idol who is either just rude or maybe they were caught in controversy in terms of like cultural appropriation. A lot of people will also pull the misogyny card for that when people are literally coming out of the woodworks to say, "Hey." we're tired of our culture being taken and disrespected. Can you stop? And they're being called misogynist simply because the fact that the person they're calling out is a woman. And that is also equally as gross. Like stop doing that. I think a male idol would also be criticized for yelling at a staff member. Um, Of course, there's going to be, you know, uh, you know, apologists and people defending them, just like people are defending Irene. Uh, But People are not, you know, criticizing Irene because she's a woman. They're criticizing Irene because she's a 30-year-old adult who should know how to talk to someone. Yeah, and, like, people were saying it's because she had a bad day. Like, bad days are normal. Yes, bad days are normal, but that doesn't mean... you say, oh, that staff member who yelled, uh, they were just having a bad idea bad not bad idea bad day they were just having a bad day i don't think so yeah like you can have a bad day because it happens to all of us but that doesn't mean that you use that to take your anger out on people who literally like people were saying that it was because like the there was like complications with like the performance and stuff and that's why they were mad at the staff and it's like okay but like there's ways to express your um unhappiness with something without having to berate somebody to the point where they cry like that's not okay male privilege isn't really a thing when bts are promoting in the u.s because people see that they're korean and they see that they're foreign and they see that they don't speak english before they see they are male so the industry is not going to give you know bts special treatment and you know because they're men like that's not it on top of that they constantly get emasculated Mm -hmm. anyway because people see a bunch of like attractive men who sing and dance and people are like oh they look like girls they wear makeup oh they're like gay or something all this like homophobic stuff it's gross so yeah that could be a whole other episode but like anyway um, um, misogyny card stupid um Especially when I know it's men that are being like misogyny, like as if they know anything about that. 
It's like, <laughs> man, shut up. <laughs> we didn't ask you. All right. Next question from the USA. I think there needs to be a bigger discussion about who deserves a Grammy and who has actually earned one. A lot of artists, K-pop and non-K-pop, are certainly talented enough to deserve a Grammy. But how can you say they earned one when their music has made zero impact? And I mean, impact in America, because the Grammys are a local award show like the Oscars from USA. Yeah, if this was coming from like anywhere other than the USA, like people who have opinions about like US award shows like that are not from the US, I'm like, okay, but like you might want to leave this to somebody who's actually watched yeah. these award shows. Um, but like, yeah, I do think that there are a lot of groups that do put out good music, but then in terms of the impact it has in the US, if it's like non-existent impact, naturally that's not going to be nominated for such a prestigious Listen, award. I would, I would give and I feel like a, lot a Grammy right now, but it's not up to me. It's up to old white men um and the grammys and oscars are very political like there's a lot of behind the scenes Mm. that goes into just being nominated so like you can want your faves to get a grammy but like they really need to have some sort of influence before like you even think about that (laughs) Yeah, and a lot of, like, K-pop fans or, like, even non-K-pop fans get upset when you start bringing up numbers because they're like, music isn't about numbers. And I'm like, yeah, that's true, but does the Grammys like, know that? See, that's the, the whole thing. The whole, oh, it's, you know, quality over quantity thing. That's that's a, it's not true. It's like, not. If you look at Grammy nominations for the past few years, it's all songs that you've heard of playing on the Hot 100. It's, you know, albums and artists that are very known in the mainstream music world. Like, if, like, this whole, oh, the Grammys are rewarding quality, it's it's really not true. <laughs> yeah, they just, pl- like, a lot of the nominees are just popular acts. Like, if you looked at the nominations for, like, all the main categories of the Grammys last year, it was basically just rotated between, like, the same 10 artists, yeah, I swear on my life. It's been like that for a while. Um, like if the Grammys could even rub Beyonce, Beyonce, Miss Queen B herself, like you know, it's not yeah, about quality. It's definitely, like I remember, um, the last Grammy Award show I watched, I think, was one. Uh, it was like maybe 2017 or something. But all I know is that like best vocal performance or like song went to like Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. Which, um, and you know what the other, there were other songs in the same category, such as Praying by Kesha and like all these other power ballads. And they were like, yeah, Ed Sheeran's song. That's the one that (laughs) deserves a Grammy. So like. Best vocal performance, you said? Look it up. Because of his best best vocal performance, like, okay, it's a good song, but, like, it's not like he was doing anything revolutionary with his vocals on there. It's like, best, it was it just the best pop song. solo performance award. Mm, highly doubt that. The other but, nominees um, uh, were Praying Kesha, Love So Soft, Kelly Clarkson, uh, What About Us, Lady Gaga. Um, no, no, Lady, What About Us was Pink. Million Reasons by Lady Gaga. 
Wow. Yeah, so Kelly Clarkson, Lady Gaga, Pink, and Kesha were all overlooked for Shape of You by Ed Sheeran. That is so crazy, man. I can't believe that. Yep. Wow. How you know, the Grammys is not about quality over quantity. It's clearly about numbers and other underlying factors that um, uh, armies know way too well. But uh, again, a different episode. All right, we're, we're all right. We're entering a new category of questions, and we got quite a few regarding fandom division, which I think it's great. I think it's great to you know address internal conflicts that shows that like we're paying attention and like we know there's issues and we want to solve them so it's good to be active in that mindset Mm. this one from the usa says i think it'd be interesting to hear your thoughts on the trajectory of the fandom going forward as the fandom goes inside obviously we can see now than from a couple of years ago just how fragmented the fandom feels at times when in previous Mm. years it didn't feel this apparent Yeah, like, the fandom these days, um, definitely because it's becoming bigger, um, it's made it easier for a lot of different factors of the fandom to just exist independently. Like, there's a lot of different parts of the fandom where, like, if you took it out of the fandom, like, it could still survive on its own. And I definitely think that that's why it's become so fragmented as of late. And, like, there are just parts of the fandom where I literally have no idea about. Like, every day I learn about, like, different, like, yeah, big like accounts I'll that are, like, dedicated to the an incident that happened, like, two months ago. And I'm like, I was on Twitter. I feel like... I should have known about it, but I didn't see anything. Or, like, I'll check Twitter th- trends. Yeah. And, like, there's a whole hashtag going on that I had no clue about. And it's, like, how am I just, like, missing so many things happening? Yeah. It's just because our fandom yeah. is so big. Like, I think that as we continue to grow and, like, especially with, like, how we're trying to focus on, like, chart uh, charting for, like, the next comeback, there's just going to be, like, a lot more um, uh, accounts dedicated to, first of all, like, for comeback reasons, I feel like there's going to be, like, a lot more accounts dedicated for those. Um, and, you know, just, I feel like this is a time where, like, we're trying to branch out as well into, like, for example, like, journalism and all that I know there's like a lot of different journalism like accounts already but like now like I feel like this time like there's a lot of armies who are pushing for more content to come from us um because obviously like Mm -hmm. we're all sick and tired of the way that the media portrays and covers BTS so we're like screw it we'll do it ourselves so I feel like a lot of those accounts are also going to be popping up in the future so um I feel like at this point we're only just going to get bigger I feel like that's the trajectory of our fandom right now I wish I could like see into the future and give like an exact answer on like how you know divisive the fandom is going to appear but at this point I'm just you know kind of buckling my seatbelt and hoping for the best yeah I'm kind of just going with the flow right now and you know whatever happens happens we'll just cross that bridge when we get there but main main conclusion I I, I think we both feel like the phantom is just going to keep getting bigger all right so then the next question is um 
they say it's from the US and they say my biggest concerns are the ageism and obsessive behavior that I've developed in the fandom. I say developed because they weren't always prevalent. When I went to the Wings tour, I felt like a collective. There's a large mix of people and we all felt like we were in it together. I want to address the ageism first because it's connected to feelings of ownership over the boys, accusations around being older than any of the boys and showing love for them often stem around a sexual or dating fantasy of the person hurling the abuse. Just because their dream is to marry slash date Taylor Jimin does not mean that it is mine. I can still love them like little brothers and think they're handsome and sometimes look sexy. It does not mean I want to have sex with them. I understand in some ways because when I was 15, I thought I was going to marry Nick Carter or Taylor Hansen but I didn't assume older women who love those groups were also trying to marry them. For most older fans, the attachment is to messaging, hopefulness, and the desire to feel connected. And even if attraction is part of it for some older fans, all the boys are of age, so what's really the issue? What are you going to do if they marry older women slash men? And that's where the obsessive sesang-like behavior comes in. The anger often stems from the feeling of they are mine and you can't have them. And it's not to say that this wasn't all present before the influx of fans in 2017, but it seems to be more aggressive, especially for international fans. I saw this a great deal during the Love Yourself tour in the pit section. People had been camped up for days and they would scream at anyone who moved near them. I could hear one girl say, if this person comes between me and Hosa, I will cut her. And I, all I could think was, do you think he's proposing to you at this concert? And made me concerned for what happens when we when they decide to settle down. This was long, but thanks for doing this. It's awesome to have somewhere to share this because I try not to get into it too much on Twitter from USA. Wow. Like, first of all, thank you for this. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And like, I can definitely understand why you would not want to voice this on Twitter because this is very mm -hmm. spicy, but I kind of agree. What are yeah, your thoughts I on it, Delilah? Like, see, I have a problem only when like <laughs> older fans are starting fights with like a fifteen-year-old. It's like you should know like when to just like take a break. But for like older, but there are a lot of older fans, and majority of the older fans are really just vibing. Um, I think it's mm. also sometimes we accidentally promote um, misogyny when we're like, shouldn't you be taking care of your kids or something? Um, I think yeah, that's definitely a problem and people should definitely be more mindful of their language. Um, older women are honestly the backbone of fandoms. And I mean, that, I mean that from the start of fandoms, like it's women that created, you know, the first like nerd conventions, you know, dating back to like Star Trek. Cause that's really when like, Fan fictions and stuff. stuff, you know, dating all the way back then. Like, older women, you know, created fandom culture. And I definitely also find it weird that, you know, Twitter is, like, a place for, like, adults. Like, sure, kids could be on it, but, like, I really mm. think they should be. Um, so, yeah, like, honestly. I, don't think it's right to really police um, the age of people on Twitter. And I also think that, you know, music is supposed to be, can be enjoyed by like anyone. So I think it's also not fair to try and gatekeep um, boy bands to just like younger, like younger um, audiences, because that's also, once again, I think promoting misogyny that like, oh, they're a boy band, only, you know, 15-year-old uh, obsessed fangirls, you know, listen to that. So, like, I think 
Hmm. The ageism is definitely unintentionally promoting a lot of harmful tropes regarding younger women as well. And I don't think younger people realize that, that they're also kind of being harmful to their own image. Exactly. Like, I totally agree with everything because it's like a lot of people in this fandom get so pissed when non-fans and like people covering us refer to us as young teenagers or like just little girls in general but then like when it comes to the ageism that some people have towards older fans and they're like oh my gosh like you're standing uh this group at your big age like aren't you like 30 or 40 shouldn't you be like at your job or something shouldn't you be paying bills or like taking care of your kids it's like what message is that trying to promote especially when like people use it as clapbacks towards people in other fandoms because it's like somebody from our fandom like if they see the way that you're clapping back to somebody else like that they if they're like 30 or 40 they're gonna read that and they're gonna think if i was in that other fandom is this how you would talk to me like i feel like it's just so disrespectful because like older people like obviously like treat people the way you want to be treated but like i feel like for older people you should there should definitely be at least like a bare minimum form of respect um because like you said they are the backbone of like every fandom not and like obviously like not even just like for content creating but also buying power there's a lot of people in this fandom who make these types of buying and funding projects possible like for example like funds for bangtan and like not even that but just like all the people all the different sectors of armies where there are doctors and lawyers and teachers who are taking the time out of their day to give their services to armies for free and to treat people like that, like that they can't fawn over BTS the way that we fought, like younger people would fawn over BTS, that's really disturbing. Cause I've seen people who would literally like call somebody who's like 30 a pedophile for um for like making thirst tweets about BTS. And I'm like, what kind of sense does that make? Like BTS are all of age. <clears throat> So it's like when I see things like that, it just really, it really just makes me angry. And it's like, I like, and like, I do think that also comes into like obsessive behavior as well, because like they said, um, it just comes from this need to control certain things. And I feel like some people do need to check their attitude when it comes to the way that they treat all their fans, because um, like, you're going to get to that point in time. So it's like you're promoting this unhealthy mentality of like ragging on older fans. But then when you turn 20 and then 30 and then 40 and you realize that you still like the same music that you've liked since you were like a young teen. But then now you're in that space and now younger people are now making fun of you because they saw that the way that you treated older people when you Mm -hmm. were that age, like... It all comes back to you in the end. So I don't see the point of it. Also, I think we should be more concerned with not 30-year-olds writing thirst tweets, but, like, 14-year-olds, you know, having Mm -hmm. SFW accounts and actually having a lot of followers and, you know, not understanding the consequences of, you know, interacting, inviting adults to interact with you. Um, and like so many young people are like, you know, you shouldn't treat us like we're stupid and blah, 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 blah. But like, it's literally not safe. Um, yes, it's not safe. And that's honestly a whole nother topic. Um, we can get on, I'm not going to go into detail about it just because 
it is a whole separate topic, but I really think there's definitely too much um, criticism toward older fans. Yeah, to the point where, like, minors are getting away with, like, some of the weirdest stuff. And, like, that definitely needs to change. But, yeah, thank you for sending this in because I do think that it had to be said. Okay. Okay, so next one. Um, This person says, big accounts falling for clear traps and setups resulting in dramas. Some auntie will write a hate tweet, uh, set their profile picture to another artist. These days, Western artists seem to be the norm. Uh, They'll put BTS tags. Some big account will find the tweet, drag it, and then all hell will break loose. I mean, sometimes it's so clear that the auntie is either just plain bored or trying to uh, deviate us from something. This week, it was from streaming. Yeah. Yeah, this is I just agree like with this. an army problem in general. Like we fall for traps all the time. We, you know, someone will like write uh one snarky hate comment about BTS and it'll have like six hundred replies when you could have just ignored it. Um it's definitely a problem and I hope that this next comeback we really just focus on the main goal. Yeah, because a lot of us are really good at um, doing BTS lockdowns where we just buckle down and get ready for streaming and just enjoying the new album. But some people do love to get sidetracked and they'll bring negativity onto the timeline. And then once one person sees it, everybody sees it. And then everyone goes off and now we're distracted. And then suddenly everyone's like, oh, why aren't we reaching certain goals? And it's like, well, because you guys are busy fighting Twitter user I hate BTS <laughs> underscore five one three who has zero followers and zero following. It just doesn't make sense to me. Next question from USA. Throughout the years, armies have become more organized, and it's amazing to see since we are meeting our goals. What concerns me is how some fans criticize other celebrities that BTS works with. This in regards of the Savage Love remix, where some actually boycotted the songs. The boys are very involved in the music they make and are careful, so we should trust them. So when is it actually okay to call out Western artists? We can't micromanage them. Ooh, see, I had actually, we had talked about this in one of our episodes that is yet to be released, but stay tuned. Um, We had briefly touched upon the Savage Love remix and how people were boycotting it um, because, um, well, it was for, we had discussed why people were boycotting it for different reasons, but then um, I definitely feel like a lot of people do micromanage the relationships that BTS have with other Western artists. Um, So not even just for like, for example, Jason Derulo, people can feel the way they want about him. I don't really care, but like to go as far as like boycotting work, I feel is like out of pocket, out of line. Um, Because like at at the end of the day like it's what bts worked with like it's what bts worked for and that's what they wanted to show us and there's no reason that you shouldn't support Did jason derulo probably use bts for clout i mean yeah but at the end of the day bts's name is still on that number one so yungi and hosok are both um number one credited writers on the hot 100 uh for a number one hit yeah, and that is something that should be celebrated, and I definitely like I I really couldn't care less that like 
it was a clout chasing move just because in the end we won anyway. Yeah, and some people don't even just micromanage like stuff like that. But like even for people who they're genuinely friends with, I talked about this recently on my Twitter and um, I really dislike the way that some armies will go and put their own spin on what they think BTS's relationships with other Western artists are um, and try and question the authenticity of a Western artist's intentions or the validity of the friendship that they have with BTS. And I'm like, y'all need to stop doing that. BTS are not kids. Um, obviously, they know who like they're going to be working with just for business and who they're going to actually remain in contact with as friends. And we should let them make their own decisions on that. Like, It is not up to us to decide what we should be supporting, what we shouldn't be supporting, and also who we should be like publicly dragging on the timeline because it seems like literally nobody can work with them without some army wanting to make a stupid exposed thread. Yeah. I'm just, I don't know. We're not their parents. Like we can't say who they can and can't be friends with. And honestly, assuming like, why are we assuming um, that they are or aren't friends, you know, with someone like just let them exist. I think is like what we should be doing. I just don't see the point of, you know, boycotting something BTS is credited on just because um, the person might not be like a friend of theirs. Yeah, if you are not listening to the song because you just genuinely don't like the song, that's totally fine. But like, if you are just boycotting because of those other reasons, then like, that's don't do that. Just don't do that. Yeah. So this next question, um, basically this person is saying, uh, giving useless locals clout for praising BTS. I don't have to explain. You already know. Now this is just annoying and cringe. Please stop doing it. Getting involved in stupid fan wars. Now I know what you're going to say. Most of the times it's antsies and we're just clapping back. But listen, we know well how much power we have. I can 100% say that there isn't any dedicated fandom like us. So why do these fandoms who we are having fights with aren't even in the same level as us, and why are we paying attention to what aunties are saying or doing? Stop policing how any army is supposed to uh, support BTS. You can love the boys and support them and still be an army, and you can stream and vote and do all of that. If you if you have time, then you're still an army. Stop gatekeeping anyone. You're just chasing away new fans. Stop giving them bad experiences of being armies. It takes time to learn about new things. The last thing I want to say is army did amazing with everything and keeping the boys happy like always. Please, everyone, take care of yourselves. And if you're a student army, please do not feel bad about keeping up with BTS's schedule because your life comes first and your health comes first. Watch new songs or content when you can, anytime. This is a long ramble. Hope anyone isn't offended by this. Stay healthy and hydrated. That's a cute way to end Thank it off. You, because you know what? I don't think I'm hydrated today, so I will take that to heart. <laughs> My body does not know water, and I feel like I should probably I, fix that I sometime love water, soon. So. But I don't drink it as much as I should for someone who loves water. <laughs> yeah, but like to get into like their uh, what they said, um, there's a few points here that we can address. So. Um, First of all, giving useless uh, locals clout for praising BCS. I think that armies are really bad at like, like trying to like 
not give clout to random locals who say they like BTS because we're so used to people hating on BTS that when people give BTS the bare minimum respect, like armies are literally all over them in like their mentions and everything. So I do think that armies need to dial it back, especially for next comeback. And it's funny that they even mentioned that because like, I remember there was a very recent um, uh, incident that had happened, like literally just like yesterday, where there was a local who had gotten into like BTS, I think maybe last week or something. They had only been in army for like maybe a few days or a week maximum. And there was there was a you know a few things that had happened. I won't get too much into detail about it. But basically, um, they were concerned about some controversies that they had seen about BTS on the timeline. And when people were trying to explain to them uh, what it was, uh, basically, um, there was a lot of misunderstandings with that. And um, uh, they kind of went from like singing praises about BTS to, uh, I guess being like totally turned off and they're saying oh i should have i should have stayed away from the fandom and blah 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 and they're like somebody who was like fairly like visible on twitter so like obviously there's a lot of drama behind this and i think that that is a perfect instance like a perfect instance to basically look at that and take away that we don't need to give everyone hyping for hype for standing bts and um uh, yeah if a local says that they like bts you can leave a like and you can like maybe retweet but like we don't have to be going ham in their comments like every single we time we also um addressed this in our like episode two or so about having a bias and how like you know pressuring people with like all this new lingo the k-pop industry uses you know like who's your bias blah blah, blah things like that can also, you know, turn people off because they're just so overwhelmed by the fandom culture. Yeah. So, like, I definitely think something you need to be conscious of. And about, like, giving random clout, I also don't understand the fixation on, like, fanboys in the fandom. Like, people really, like, think that, like, if... I don't know. I feel like we give clout to men more often because maybe deep down we think, oh, if men like BTS, that kind of like validates our interest that it's not just for like young girls. But in reality, we shouldn't really care. I think we're, you know, Mm. we're putting too much validation um, of our interests into the hands of like men. And I'm not really comfortable with that. Yeah, because, like, there was this whole conversation going about it a couple of days ago. Um, I think you might have even retweeted a thread about that um, onto our podcast Twitter um, of that uh, army who was talking about, he was a a male army, and he was talking about how male armies uh, need to be careful and not be overstepping their boundaries in a female-created and dominated space where they're basically, like, coming into the fandom and getting attention and sometimes, like, earning, like, getting monetary value out of, I guess, Mm -hmm. content creating in this fandom or something like that or just getting attention in general. Um, And I definitely do agree with that because I feel like by a lot of armies putting so much validation into people like fanboys just because of the fact that they're males and they like BTS, that further, like, I guess, cements the idea that 
in order for something to be valid, a man has to like it. And like, there's nothing wrong with um, being excited about the diversity in our fandom. I think it's great that BTS appeals to both males and females, but the importance that we put over fanboys is just too much sometimes. And we have to remember that even if BTS was only liked by girls and like those girls only happen to be young people, that's also valid. And people shouldn't be um, saying that something isn't valid just because a bunch of young girls like it. Hey, Daisy, can we take a break so I can charge my phone? <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll have an intermission. We'll have an interlude. We'll do, yeah, we'll do an at interlude. Some point. Thanks for listening this far. In order to not overwhelm our listeners, we are breaking up this very long segment into parts. Stay tuned for the next part tomorrow.